Greetings, Earthlings. Uh, Welcome to the second <laughs> uh, second episode of our podcast, uh, SoFi. Uh, I, I, I hope uh, you like the first one. Uh, please send us your uh, comments and opinions on it uh, in the email address given below. This is Atharva Karandikar. And uh, this is Atish. Our topic for today is... Uh, you, man. Uh, you are our topic for today. Uh, it's basically okay. so our topic for today is the self alright is the self uh, which is basically me Atish you every single person on this earth you might have had days where you sat and wondered yeah. who am I alright what am I doing here how do I know that I exist and uh, we're not saying we have the answers to these questions uh, but we have the answers to these questions <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, so which is the first concept that we'll be talking about Atish so before we go into these idea of self first we should lay out what it means to be a thing because i think we all think we are things which is exactly why we are more than a thing which is why it's essential that we first understand what exactly is a thing true true so uh, just imagine this right um, i, I uh, some of you might have heard of this before take a ship for example let uh, this ship belongs to anyone and uh, now the owner has died it's a historical ship. Maybe the ship belonged to uh, the Vikings. And today you go to Denmark or Sweden or any of the countries that you can afford to go. I don't know. And it's one of, in one of the museums. Uh, you have the ship, right? But you found out that the ship has been restored, right? So what happens is uh, maybe it is 3,000 years old, the ship. And every 100 years, a part of it gets replaced. Okay. Such that now the ship that you have has no original parts. So, can you then claim that this is the same ship that belonged to the Vikings once? Right? Now, this is the problem most popularly known as uh, the ship of thesis paradox. So, uh, in this paradox, what we encounter is that we have a structure, we have a ship, which essentially remains the same ship, according to a lot of people, without actually having any of the same parts. Hmm. Right? And when we encounter this, the question that arises is, then how, if there is no actual parts can the ship remain the same so is there something more than just the parts that make it is the whole more than the part right so this is the question where it is which is the right place for us to start because um, when we define things like that we also go into the idea of change because it's very important for us to tackle what changes if you have to understand what self is because what i am today was not what i was yesterday true, true, true. or even like three seconds ago yeah <laughs> so, which is exactly why this is a good place to start. So, yeah, what do you think about the ship of thesis problem? Right, how, so how should we tackle I feel, it? I feel that the ship of thesis problem is a problem of identity. Yeah, uh, it is It is less, it has, okay. So, a lot of us confuse between uh, who we are, like, we, we have this distinction, yeah? We cannot, uh, this distinction comes into us because we have a separate consciousness. Yeah. But when we are talking about things, because we are starting to, uh, starting with things per se, uh, we can say that a thing uh, like the self would it would perceive itself as an identity yeah like uh, like if it is just a ship like a book would think of itself as a book okay yeah. because it's just a thing it has no agency of its own yeah hmm. so because the book is the uh, the identity we gave to that book that is the identity the book has yeah. uh, so when we talk about the ship of thesis I don't think the identity is something that is uh, based on the material aspect of it I think the identity is something that we choose to associate with it. It yeah. is, again, uh, going back to our first po- podcast when we were talking about uh, what reality is. 
yeah reality yeah. is perceived uh, reality um, is constructed through uh, an observe like an observer and the observed relation yeah using that same relation uh, when we talk about identity now uh, imagine uh, okay so it's called it's it's really interesting that uh, the problem is called the ship of theseus all right it's already attributing an identity to the ship it's saying what ship is this it's the ship of theseus Thesis. all right yeah. now if the uh, if theseus sells off that ship that ship ceases to be theseus ship yeah so yeah, the next exactly. ship he buys becomes the ship of theseus yeah all right so it it is the identity you attach to that thing rather than uh, so I, i think the question that those guys had the question that whether uh, if we change all the parts uh, will it remain the same shi- uh, ship i think that question is moved because theseus is dead okay right? yeah this is dead this has no ownership over it if he was the last owner of that ship and then like legally okay and then it just went to the government and they just kept it there then yeah. it would still be considered the ship of thesis in spite of the restoration right. all right because thesis being the last owner or whoever it is being the last owner it's their ship all right because a ship as a thing by itself has no identity like if you a rock okay so if you go uh, on a beach yeah you go on a beach there are thousands of shells lying around you all right those shells have no identity of their own until you pick one up and call it yours yeah okay then it becomes your shell then that shell is important all right so okay. then it becomes uh, the shell of thesis all right okay. so now if you break it you glue it back or you break it and connect some other thing but you still as call it your shell that shell will remain like continue to be yours it is yours because you picked it out of thousands of shells and called it yours all right that mm-hmm. is i i think that is where the question of identity for yeah. things comes from so uh, what do you think about this yeah so you chose to tackle it as uh, as a point of identity right yeah as something belonging to thesis but what i think is when you want to understand the ship in itself for example yes we can make the claim that it is it is the ship of thesis right which it is but uh, then what exactly is this ship itself uh, as in uh, let's move away from the ship let's take any chair okay any common chair or or a table or whatever that we have yeah. a laptop so when we have a chair what exactly is that chair how do you define it okay so the now the chair can be defined in relation to you we can say that it's a thervers chair right we can but what defines the chair itself right what is the thing that we call a chair not a thervers chair are, but a chair just a chair are you talking about a way platonian platonian platonic platonic Dude, platonic just reminds me of relationships, man. Uh, yeah. Okay, so when I say platonian, I mean platonic. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, are you referring to a very platonian idea of the chairness of a chair? That is the thing. So, when you tackle a tackle with what a thing is, there are many ways to look at it. Okay. Platonicism is just one way. Yeah. Right. So we can always think about the chair having an essence. For example, if we imagine a, have you ever bought clothes clip, uh, the clips uh, that you use to hang clothes on a clothesline? I have no bother my mom has yeah uh, so yeah. when when you buy them they come in a packet yeah right so there's a piece of paper and they are they on the opposite ends yeah. Yeah, yeah so there is a view where uh, you have to imagine the self is that not not the self but anything is that so the properties so, are the clips okay no wait so uh, the self is that paper or the clips uh the entire thing oh the self is the entire thing okay, uh, not okay, the self okay. ma- the thing the self oh, is also thing it, but yeah. Yeah. anything so the chair the properties of a chair for example um, if you have the color brown or the color yellow and you have four legs hmm. so each of those is a separate clip the True. properties yeah and the uh, the paper that holds them together is the essence of the thing True. right 
but this view has been challenged a lot because if this essence when you remove the uh, even in the clip example when you remove the clips from the paper it's just this piece of paper it has no relation to the clip it has it serves no purpose in respect to what the clip does true so conceiving of an idea which cannot itself be understood because what is the thing when there are no properties because the only thing way you can know them is through the properties true 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 right then which is exactly why this idea gets into a lot of problems which is why we have the second alternative which was proposed by this guy called david hume he was a british empiricist and yeah. when we do the history of philosophy we'll get into details about that so david hume said there are just properties there is no essence so there are only the clips so the chair is only its properties the chair is only the that thing is which is brown okay which is made of wood which is uh, which has four legs where you can sit so just the properties there's no essence but another problem occurred where there with his example which is where your idea of identity comes in because when you assume something just to be a bundle of properties it's called the bundle theory what david hume proposed when it is a bundle of properties then if a property changes the entire thing changes right so if you color for example the the chair from brown to white it's a different chair but we know it's the same chair you just colored it white right okay and then the problem of shape of thesis comes comes back because the entire idea of shape of thesis is change and bundle theory cannot solve the idea of change the problem of change okay because when one property is taken out it's an entirely different object which is why when you have to reduce something to just its properties it turns into a big problem which is why your idea of identity comes in and the reason why i pointed this out was because we need to define a thing in itself first it is a kantian idea of thing in itself where the essence comes yeah, in yeah. but uh, because if we do not define that first we can always say the sh- it is ship of thesis but then we are evading the question of what exactly is the ship itself not ship of thesis not the particular ship but what exactly is a ship okay when you have to make take the particular and generalize it so what is every ship not just the ship of thesis so which is why these are the i think the two major ways you can look at it so, so w- what if i tell you everything that you just said was the buddhist argument uh, against the advaita view of the self okay okay uh, so basically so uh, david hume is outdone yeah david thousands david hume, of years ago exactly uh, so, <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah. what the advaita uh, th- uh, what the advaita philosophy proposed was that the self the self the concept of the self is eternal yeah. all right uh the buddhists gave the exact same argument as you did <laughs> to the buddhists a person is not a single substance existing continuously through time but a series of physical and mental states also called person states the buddhist term for an individual a term which is intended to suggest the difference between the buddhist view and other theories is santana okay santana uh, which means stream each person state consists of various psychological and physiological factors which are called the skandhas by the buddhists these skandhas are not persistent in time but only last for one infinitesimal short period all right so uh, the person states fleet away and give rise to new person states in an endless cycle of cause and effect okay all right so because every single person state only exists for an infinitesimal uh, short period of time they cannot be a persistent self all right so as you said uh, this artish you are listening to right now is not the artish that started this podcast it's a different artish altogether hi artish number 2 uh so um, the instantaneous succession of the skandhas or the physiological and psychological factors uh give the impression of continuity just like the succession uh, succession of the yeah. 24 still images which you spoke about yeah, yeah. the uh, the images that 
come together continuously to form the effect of motion is what the buddhists are saying uh, the physiological and psychological factors so self is an effect the self is an effect all right but what sankara says is that the self is not an effect and because it is not a, not an effect it is eternal so i, I want to quote something that this uh, buddhist monk called nagasena yeah. said to uh, a king called milinda all right uh melinda was not convinced of the theory of not self okay so basically what the buddhist was saying was because the self is a collection of all of these separate uh events in time and space yeah because the self is a collection of these separate events in time and space there is nothing called the self hmm. uh, uh, what the self is is a vacuum all right because the self is a vacuum it is a vacuum that occupies a certain space yeah. in time and space yeah? yeah so what he was saying is uh exactly as you said uh, none of the individual parts of the chariot the pole the axle the wheels etc are the chariot nor the combination of the parts is the chariot all right uh, he cannot dis- like you cannot discover the chariot at all only the word that denotes the idea of the chariot all right the denomination chariot or self takes place in dependence of the individual parts uh, in ultimate reality the person cannot be apprehended all right when you talk about reality as a whole uh, so but basically what advaita philosophy has a problem with this explanation is that if if there are individual selves okay what holds them together buddhists don't believe that there can be an effect without cause all right okay. and when the advaita philosophy states that the self is eternal mm. it states that it is uh, it does not have a cause and does not like it, there is no uh, first mover unmoved okay when it comes to the self because the self has always been there it is eternal it will go back to the brahman when it is done it will come back whenever there is hmm. yeah but the buddhists did not believe that they all, uh, they believed in cause and effect yeah so they were like for in the causation. self to exist uh, hmm. for the self to exist what is the cause yeah. behind it all right that was their whole argument so that is why they came up with this whole theory the entire uh, conception of past and holes is very important here because just like we take our body yeah and we are made of many parts and we are a whole as a human being now the parts cannot exist outside the whole it's obvious right an organ cannot exist outside the whole yeah it will die eventually but uh, the human body also but the human body can function in certain ways without certain parts certain parts for example you can function without a hand you can still be alive you can still do certain things without a hand even if you're not an entire human being i mean no offense to people that don't yeah. have hands <laughs> but even if you i mean if you define a human being as someone that can lift a wine glass for example then that person might not exactly be human in your sense but you still know that they are human i mean that's why they have rights it's obvious so paths and holes is very important because uh, we have paths and there are two ways to think about it that everything is a sum of parts hmm. just like uh, you have 10 cm of something and you have 20 20 cm of something they become 30 cm so the whole is a sum of parts the property of length is added yeah take human beings for example right if you why is uh, the Frank, the story of frankenstein so unsettling for example mm. okay the story of frankenstein is so unsettling because all of them are human parts but we know that if we put human parts together it does not itself by by itself make something alive human yeah exactly which is why the corpses have all the human parts before they start rotting so if i was to die today right now if i die i would have all my parts but i would still not be human right i still not be a human being so life in it, life exists as something more than sum of parts so i think you can think about something as in two ways so uh, if you have to reduce the self as sum of parts you can do that for example in my corpse example i said uh, 
that the paths are all present but I am still not a human being if I am dead. Now someone who believes in a reductionist argument, this is called reductionism, when you yeah. believe that paths, the sum of paths is a whole, there is nothing more in the whole. You can always make that, the person who is a reductionist can make the claim that yes, you have all the paths, but the paths are there in the physical sense. They do not act the way they should because mm. your heart has stopped pump, pumping blood, which is how they know you are dead. right? So when one, even one of the functions fails, the reductionist argument is that you are no longer the sum of paths because that exact part of the sum no longer fits in. True, true, true. Right? Then the whole changes. Exactly. That's okay. the reductionist argument. So, um, yeah. So, there's a sect in uh, Hindu philosophy called the Nayanikas. Okay. okay. The Nayanika uh, philo- uh, thought of uh, belief where, uh, so, be- where they are basically targeting this problem and uh, they use language uh, mm-hmm. as a means to, like, tackle this, yeah? Mm-hmm. So, whenever we say I, alright, the word I. So, uh, interesting thing that you mentioned, DNA and the physical properties, because the Nayaikas, uh, they have an argument that uh, the self is distinct Nayakas. Nayaikas. Nayaika. 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 Yeah, Nayaika. All right. Yeah. So, uh, they have an argument that the self is uh, distinct from the body. All right. So, what they are saying is no perceptible property and thus no physical property of an individual can be used to identify yeah. a person uniquely. Alright. And therefore, the referent uh, must be something non-physical. Alright. So, what the basis is, if I'm using I to identify as myself, yeah, and if you are saying that physical properties uh, are uh, used for distinction, then the word I can be used to describe your body as well. Hmm. Alright. Because yeah. I is just being used to describe the body. Yeah. But that is not the case. When I say I, I mean me specifically, Atharva. Yeah, I do hmm. not mean Atish. I don't refer to the body of Atish. I'm not referring to the body of Atharva. Alright, I'm referring to Atharva as a non-physical entity. Alright. I really so, want to bring Wittgenstein in here, <laughs> but yeah, we'll reserve that for language. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Alright, so because of this, because of this, uh, if the notion I is referred to the body, yeah. then just as another man's body uh, is being, uh, being as perceptible as our own body, uh, the other man's body would also be capable of being spoken of as I. Was yeah. what the uh, Nayaikas thought of. And uh, which, which is true, because... So what they said was that uh, this whole argument against uh, against the whole Buddhist philosophy, so the persistence of self. Yeah, how do we know uh, when we talk of the whole Buddhist idea of uh, individuals or the self existing in specific times uh, of point and space? How do we have the persistence? All right, how do we have the persistence of self? And they say it is through memory. All right, and because yeah. of because of this whole factor of memory and past experiences, which we carry forward, they uh, they say that the self is eternal. Right. It, is, yeah. it is because that because of what the self has experienced, the self remains eternal. Because if it changed from every point in time and space to the other point in time and space, it would not have that referent, uh, like that ideology. Yeah? It, it would not be able to refer to its past self. The one way to understand it is you can. There are properties of the parts themselves, okay. and there are properties that arise when two parts interact with each other, right? Okay. And that is why I wanted to bring in the brain. Now, what neuroscience tries to do, or uh, when you try to read, new, uh, try to study neurons, you can study neurons. You can study their individual function. You know exactly what the neuron does, hmm. and that is the way that uh, neuroscientists now try to understand how our brain functions by understanding specific parts of the brain how they work. But the brain does not work as individual neurons. The brain works as an entire object called the brain. So, if the brain is a play, the neuron is just an actor. By understanding the actor, you cannot understand the play. The reductionist argument is by understanding the actor, the individual actors, you can understand the play. 
which is wrong because the actor only plays a part in the play hmm. it the actor is not everything okay. which is exactly why we do not like salman khan movies right because there is nothing except the character itself speak about yourself man i'm a huge bhai fan okay yeah i don't follow with yeah, yeah, yeah. that motherfucker should be in jail but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool. so yeah that was a claim i wanted to make and i'm not sure if it was clear enough but the neuron is an actor in the play called brain by understanding the actor you can only understand his or her role okay. you cannot understand how the actor interacts with another actor because for that you have to understand their interaction that is the entire point of the uh, whole is greater than the part problem that you cannot just reduce reduce it as parts because um, okay so breaking uh, breaking interactions it down, are important breaking, breaking it down for our listeners right now basically the self is fucked up guys the self is fucked up <laughs> uh the self is the self is not easy to understand what what artish was basically saying is uh when you talk about neurons at a at an individual level yeah when you talk yeah. about neurons at an individual level it is impossible to understand what the brain is doing because yeah. the brain itself by definition is a sum of its neurons hmm. the brain itself is a whole so uh you cannot define something uh by its parts so w- coming back to the question of the self what makes you you my our listener uh, or like artish or me atharva what makes us us is not our body parts it is not our brain it is not uh, my failing liver uh, it is not uh, <laughs> it, is, it is not those things uh, it is something else entirely what is this thing like stay tuned to find out <laughs> <laughs>